0: Should we be parking the bus on software decisions with all this AI stuff that's going on right now? A lot's changing. It's changing really fast. Should we just wait? That's a good question. Uh, Let's talk through like kind of my framework for what that looks like. But it's Q&A Wednesday, so we're going to cover a whole bunch, whole, whole pile of stuff. Come on in. It's Jason Daly. is a great uh, great question. I think a lot of us are struggling with this right now as we don't exactly know how AI is going to impact the things that we do. So how do we make a buying decision on software right now while all this stuff is in flux? Uh somebody posted this on a on a YouTube comment. Uh, they said I love the potential with all of this, lots of reasons to hold off on major software conversions for the moment though. Uh I won't call out the person specifically because I think I'm going to add some like seasoning to this and kind of where my where my head is at on whether we should be waiting or still buying software as we usually do. I've referenced the iPhone analogy before and that there seemingly is never a good time to buy an iPhone, uh, but also the answer isn't to never buy an iPhone, right? So we kind of have that paradox of when's the right time to jump in. But let's add some seasoning to that because the iPhone buying decision in the last five years has gotten way easier, right? Like there was a time when it was painful to buy a smartphone because there was so much evolving so fast. You inevitably felt like you were getting hosed. Uh, But that anecdote, the more I've thought about it, almost feels old-fashioned now, right? Because what generation you have anymore isn't as big of a deal. Like you may get a camera bumpy, may get a battery bump year over year, but that's kind of about it right now but to me what that shows is the picking the right time to jump in is kind of impacted by the rate of change and to to build on the iphone analogy it's actually like maybe the opposite of what is intuitive in the case of the iphone when things were moving slowly i'm slower to buy and slower to change but when things were moving quickly I was actually faster to buy and faster to change because there were features there that I wanted. And I seemingly had more to gain by buying more frequently. So since things are changing quickly right now, to be honest, where I'm at is I don't know that I'm like I would be slowing down to make software decisions because ultimately, like there would never be a theoretically good time. Now, if. If stuff's going to change for like a year and then plateau and not change after that, then sure, maybe we give it a year. But honestly, I, like, I don't see that happening. The AI stuff, we've talked about this. The AI stuff we've gotten so far, what folks are building into the practice management systems or have shipped so far, very elementary on the grand scheme of what the tech we have today will enable, uh, mainly embeddings and vector search which we talked about in the fully automated bookkeeping episode a couple Fridays ago and how that opens up access to all of our context, documentation, files, organizational email projects, meeting transcripts, all of those things. Like those are the really meaningful long-term improvements that we're going to get when a meeting transcript will resolve an outstanding client request, like really cool stuff like that. Generative email Getting way better and being informed by the files in your file system and the meeting transcript when a colleague talked to that client a week ago on Zoom. Like those are the really cool applications and we are not even scratching the surface of that stuff yet. So I don't think there's like, I don't think we're going to like plateau in the next 12 months on how quickly this stuff is developing. The thing I'm really excited for after that that we've talked about is AI agents like Somebody ships an agent for a practice management system that will go out to your QuickBooks file and perform tasks in QuickBooks when you assign a task to that agent like that's a next 24 month sort of thing. We already saw the example of Pixie of the agent they're working on that when it received an email asking for net income and sales figures for a client, it was like a banker request, that agent went out to Zero's API pulled those numbers, pulled the supporting documentation, and then like drafted an email response that had all that stuff in it already. So those agents and what they will do and how helpful they will be, these will be things that are making big steps for years to come that will make us way, way more uh, productive. And like the easy example to think about there is accounting ledgers today, because we're already seeing some examples of it. But for tax folks, Agents that will like actually work your tax software and like perform functions and go out and look things up there. Like that stuff's going to be unbelievable. Uh, And so I don't see that slowing down. Like if we were going to get to a threshold where it plateaued, then yes, maybe we wait for the plateau. You may have seen some discussions about language models plateauing, and there's probably going to be a degree of that where the quality of what language models are capable of, like it just went like this probably not going to keep going like that. Um, but what will continue to like grow exponentially is the amazing things we can build on top of what we already have. Like that stuff's going to keep getting better and better. So is it time to like pump the brakes on making software decisions? I can tell you selectively, I would not buy software from someone has, who hasn't demonstrated to me that they're leaning into AI in a really meaningful way. Like that's something somebody that I fundamentally like would not buy from. Uh, I don't want to generalize, but that could be like more of the established mature companies. But I think for me right now, the only scenario where I fundamentally wouldn't buy a piece of software is if there's something that I would otherwise buy, but they haven't demonstrated any aptitude or interest in developing for the new AI tech of the last 12 months that I wouldn't buy. Otherwise, man, I'm probably like, I'm probably full steam ahead. Like we've seen, already seen some AI stuff that was shipped that is like gonna create some really awesome time savings within a firm. This episode is sponsored in part by Dark Horse CPAs. If you're a loyal listener of this pod, you'll recall that Dark Horse CPAs is looking to fill obsolete jobs with mediocre talent. How dare you? You'll also recall that being a tongue in cheek joke, it was. The point is, they've got a very compelling opportunity for someone who is looking to take their career in client accounting services to the next level with a progressive firm that doesn't treat Cass like the redheaded stepchild the old guard historically has. Too true, too true. If I had a dollar for every tax firm I've walked into that's like bookkeeping, pa! Specifically, they're looking to fill a cast manager role in the firm. There's a client facing role that will put you front and center with the business owner, empowering them to make informed and strategic decisions with your guidance. You won't be stuck in a back office cranking out debits and credits, but you will be utilizing modern technology to provide modernized client accounting services. Instead of wasting away doing repetitive tasks, the old timey Tuesday way for crusty clients, gross. Why not grab the future of outsourced accounting by the horns? Apply today by visiting darkhorsecpa slash careers or by clicking the link in the show notes. This episode is sponsored in part by the fine folks at Cloud Accountant Staffing. Do you hire accountants? Bless your little heart. Not the best part of the job, in my opinion, not something I ever enjoyed. Well, listen, you can build your accounting dream team with talented offshore accountants in the Philippines that work 100% full-time for your firm. Their accountants aren't freelancing or contracting for multiple firms, they're all yours. They work exclusively for you and are incentivized to stay with you and your team long-term. They're not gonna get swiped. Cloud Account Staffing is 100% dedicated to the accounting industry and founded by a former accounting firm owner that understands your business, knows your pain points. They had to hire some accountants and they said, you know what? We're gonna build our own pipeline in the Philippines. Gonna pull in some super talented people and then open that up to other firms. Basically, that's the story. I've uh, been talking about a lot about staffing, building more resilient staffing pipelines for your firms. I, I had staff in the Philippines. I, like, totally red-pilled me to like, oh, geez, like we need to globalize the way that we get our work done. Uh, check these folks out. Link in the show description. CloudAccountantStaffing.com I've been talking a bit about this lately, the dialogue, like how to cut through the, what the tech vendors are telling us to understand. Are they actually working on cool AI stuff or not? And I've kind of cautioned if your tech vendor's response is, oh, yeah, we've always been an AI company. We've been working on AI for the last decade. That's good. But it's not good if it's like we've been an AI company for a decade, full stop. Like what I want to hear right now is what about what's changed in the last 12 months are you excited about building on top of? Because the AI from the last year, last two years, like, this is not something that anybody saw coming. It was not on people's radar that text, like generative text applications would be this good. And so if they're still relying on past models, like, they're not leaning into the really exciting new stuff. Like, we talked about embeddings uh, getting way better, and that just shipped this January. So if they're leaning on old AI tech, that's not a good signal. No problem if they've always been an AI company, but I specifically want to hear, like, of the new stuff that's out there. Like, what are you pumped about? Like, show me what you're working on. Those are the companies I'm gonna hitch my wagon to when I'm making tech decisions. And the ones that can't show me that, that I'm at, I'm definitely gonna hit pause on. Question I got via DM, so I'll keep it anonymous. Uh, by the way, like if there's something, if you've got like very personal or specific to you questions where Uh, You don't want yourself to be identified. Just shoot me a DM uh, and I'll keep it anonymous. What's your take on how the AI question kind of intersects with conversations around outsourced contractors slash employees? Is there a risk that AI will actually just increase the amount of clients that employees are expected to service with no additional benefit or reduction in work hours? Definitely a risk. So like, uh, let's say uh, AI makes us way more productive. And that just means like employees are doing more than they ever did before. Um, Is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Ultimately, really probably like assuming that you have butts and chairs for the same amount of time and nothing else changes and people are just more productive. Ultimately, who does that benefit? Like that really just goes to the bottom line. Like that goes to the business owner. I will say in the paradigm of like output based compensation, um, it's another example of where I think output based compensation solves for some of those, um, issues. Unless there's a situation where like there's this deflationary period and our prices don't increase, or maybe our prices even go down, which I don't think that will happen. Um, this is a bigger conversation than accounting, but like there's, there's definitely some talk around like whether this will have a deflationary impact on certain industries as, Types of work are commoditized. I have a hard time seeing that happening to us, especially with how the last few years have been and rates just increasing astronomically. But if that did happen, let's say there was deflationary pressure on our fees, but our employees were capable of more output, you would want to be mindful of how that output-based compensation was set up. May not be a problem if it's revenue-based. Maybe it would take all of that into account. But yeah, like there's absolutely a risk that AI will just um, increase the number of clients that an employee is responsible for handling without that person necessarily being compensated anymore. Um, other examples in the past, like, uh, you know, we, we're always on this kind of slow march of increasing productivity, but what have been the big step changes in the past? Because at its best, like AI offers this sort of step change in productive output um you know like the personal computer and like the, the say tax prep going to um going to tax prep software rather than being manual uh cloud accounting software and bank feeds like those were step changes and what we could do i think and in and, and hindsight it all looks very compressed as if it happened quickly reality is like those things changed over years but in those situations Were employees ever given permission to work half the time because they just got that, you know, 2x impact on their output? Not really. So, uh, I don't know. I'm curious what y'all's take is on this. Um, If anything, could be an like one more argument for being in control of your own destiny and working for yourself rather than working for somebody else because at its worst, like the firms where those people, it's just like, an output mill, it's tax returns, it's month-end closes, like where you're just a cog in a machine. Yep, you're going to be an even bigger cog in the machine because you can do more than ever before now. Like that's absolutely how it's going to be. Uh, Big four isn't going to let people not work on Fridays because AI just made them more productive. Uh, The firm's doing interesting things that are much more mindful of how they treat their people uh, could be different. It's probably going to be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. People will be more productive. They'll make more money for the company. Uh, but like it shouldn't be full stop there. Like, uh, I think employees could also be incentivized, um, you know, like we talk about with output-based compensation, so that ultimately they benefit as well. Team, this episode is sponsored in part by Copilot, the customizable client portal built for modern firms, not your stanky old legacy firm for modern. Modern firms, let me tell you about Copilot. Uh, Copilot lets you provide clients with a one-stop shop experience with a client portal that streamlines messaging, payments, file sharing, help centers, custom app access, and a whole lot more, all that in one place. Used by hundreds of happy accounting firms, Copilot comes with a comprehensive API. Okay, and Zapier support, I like it. You can set up automations that streamline, sign up, onboarding, intake forms, and more. Copilot comes with support for app embeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can embed like Notion pages to create a homepage for your clients. Embed Calendly to make scheduling easier. All that inside a single portal experience. Check this one out at go cope at what? At copilot.com. Use code Jason, get the first month for free. You kidding me? Like what'd you ever do for them? Uh, copilot.com, use code Jason and let me know what you think. Hey, this episode is sponsored in part by Firm360, the cloud practice management system that gives you a 360 degree view of your firm. Everything, documents, projects, client-facing stuff. That's why they call it 360. I'll just throw that around. Case study time. Let me tell you about Marion. Marion picked up Firm360 in August of 2020. The team was looking for a platform that could streamline their project management needs Increase efficiency and give them visibility into what their team was working on. Sound familiar? What's your team working on right now? Three, two? What if you if you didn't know, think about it. They also needed a way to securely communicate with their clients and send or receive documents. They were able to roll out Firm 360 and use it to improve processes and predict their needs. They plan out work for their team with it, they predict when they need to hire more staff. They've grown their team by over 50%. Marion bless your heart based on data for when they would need more employees and have made sure they're still delivering awesome, ah, awesome service to clients along the way. 50%? How much have you grown lately? Okay, be like Marion, be a Marion. Take a look at Firm 360. Could be just the one for you, right? Check out a link in the show notes to learn more. Thing I've been thinking about, sidebar, uh, we attract a very specific type of person to this content, both on the employer side and on the employee side. Whole bunch of employers listening to this right now who I have to imagine uh, would be like the employee out there who this type of content resonates with would love to get my hands on an employee like that. Like you're coming in from day one with a really interesting level of alignment right now. I don't feel like I'm doing enough to connect the people in my audience, the employees who are looking for a new opportunity and the employer's for whom that person could be a great fit because you have this common ground, this way of thinking about what firm running looks like. I don't feel like I'm doing enough to connect those people right now. And I'm not sure what that would look like. Uh, like, a, like a job board or something like that to me seems kind of boring. But as like, we keep investing in this content and like the folks that engage with this and the numbers of people that get excited about this stuff grow, cause it's still such early days there's got to be a way, a better way to connect those like-minded people uh, to get you all working together. And I don't know, that seems like it could be a really interesting byproduct of everything we're pouring into this show. Uh, a <clears throat> good comment from, interesting comment from Jackie Meyer on YouTube video. Uh, I think this was on like the worst case scenario for an accounting practice with AI video. Uh, she said, I think given the caveat that we don't know, In regards to ai but it's important to consider predictions a chatbot that put together a list of like questionable items that are in the accounting like like clothing purchases and stuff like that and works through that with the client would be gold she said she's excited for like near-term ai applications that will actually perform tasks rather than just handle like these kind of high-level interactions uh i got excited about that because you know what i would love is to not have to be the guy to tell the client, hey, I just chucked all this stuff in your distributions. Um, like for a client to be able to work through that with the language model, that would be really interesting. I, lo- like, I love that application for the- that back and forth to be like supported by authoritative tax stuff. And the client can kind of go through some of that stuff as sort of an, an initial stage of reviewing what's there before it came to the pro. I think that's really cool. I think that's interesting. I think that I also think the marriage of ledgers with tax legislation is an interesting possibility. It doesn't it's not really a thing right now, but for a ledger that is looking to go super deep in a certain market, the intersection of like how all the stuff that hits the ledger interacts with tax law is interesting, and I think there's a more interesting version of that than simply classifying stuff according to, you know, like grouping accounts according to what you see on a schedule C or something like that. I think there's a cooler, more nuanced version of that that could be built. Uh one interesting comment from Melanie Willis on the when we talked about delivering financials and tax returns over video. She said she just completed a couple of larger projects that included training. My initial proposal included an additional fee for video recording of the training. Both clients opted out. But she said, I'm now going to include that in the package since they forget everything that I trained them to do anyway. And it ends up costing them more for additional training. And I couldn't agree more. This is why where I've gotten with video deliveries is actually that it isn't... It sh- for me, it wasn't an optional thing. I was like, this is better for you. And that's why I'm going to deliver it this way. Um, like, I think if we give them the option... We create a bunch of complication for ourselves because then we're doing it differently for every single client. And that, and I like the purity of just saying, this is how we do it, this is how we deliver it because we think long-term this is actually best for you and that's that. And like Melanie's comment here, I think is a great example of, of just that where no client is probably asking for that, maybe some are, uh, but that doesn't mean that they don't need it, right? Got a question and uh, in DMs about where to start in the accounting profession, just graduated. With a finance degree, thinking about getting into accounting, not sure if public accounting is the route I want to go. So unsure about whether to do a CPA designation, EA designation. I have a passion for helping clients face complex problems and coming up with strategies and solutions for them. That's a great question. Uh, It's one of those things where I think you got to optimize for getting exposed to different types of experience to see what you enjoy. And there are like what what's appealing to me is the small firm space because you have more control over systems, over how you work with clients. You're not like part of a machine. But there are a lot of people that enjoy working in larger firms too. And getting a little bit of a taste of both might be helpful. So like doing a stint at a regional firm just to see how you like that, unless they're going to drop you into audit. Like audit to me is like the most distant thing from getting meaningful time with business owners to advise them. So I would say stick with like accounting, CFO type stuff or tax or a combination of the three. Uh, But in the beginning, I think sometimes we too soon put all of our eggs in a specific basket until we've gotten some experience to know like what's the thing that we most enjoy. Ultimately, I don't know that you know what that is until you've gotten to get a taste for it. Uh, So like hop around, even do some contract stuff if that's an option, like doing some contract work with uh, a small firm to like be able to kind of get into a specific type of work. Maybe that's hard when you're first coming out of school because you don't have the experience. But I would say expose yourself, like spend a few years exposing yourself to a bunch of stuff uh, and that's going to inform like decades into the future of what you love, and increase the likelihood that you will be headed down the best path for you that you'll most enjoy. Uh, Gang, man, it's gotten really good feedback on the Monday video about how to be lucky. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, highly recommend. I'm pretty hot on that right now, like optimizing what you do for creating cool opportunities because you cannot possibly guess like the best things in life just happen to you not because you like made them happen they just happen to you. So how do you optimize your day to day for serendipity? Speaking of serendipity, gang, I'm going to be at ZeroCon in Australia this August. It's going to be an amazing opportunity. Going with my wife, going to the Women's World Cup final a couple of days before that. Are you hacking me? Like ZeroCon 4000 people in person conference, always been like a dream of mine to go to ZeroCon Australia. Uh and it's like just such another example of like I was making videos with Spongebob jokes a couple years ago and like you just put yourself out there and a bunch of things connect and like you can never imagine the cool stuff uh, that will present itself the more you just put yourself out there. Like that's going to be so much fun. Going to be at Scaling New Heights in St. Louis next week if you're going to be there. Um, I'm trying to put together like a meet and greet event. While I'm there, I'll have some more details as we get closer, though it is getting very close, just so at least I have like a dedicated space where I can be like, hey, if you're there, come hang here at this specific time uh, and let's have some fun. But uh, that's it for Q&A Wednesday. Got any other cues? Check them in the comments. We'll, we'll circle back to them next week. Thanks for coming and hanging.